Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Let's start off with an easy one. Do we offer chin augmentation? I was looking at the questions last week and there was a saggy chin question. I don't know why they put two chin questions in, but anyway, um, maybe there were people who weren't here last week. Was it last week? Um, so, yeah, chin, I mean, to be honest with you, actually, chin augmentation is actually quite a difficult uh, procedure to do. Um, and it really is. The, I would say there's certain procedures that it's okay for sort of any plastic surgeon to do and breast implants is probably the classic example and there's all sorts of plastic surgeons so um when i talk about choosing a qualified plastic surgeon obviously the first thing is to make sure your surgeon is fully trained in plastic surgery frcs plast um and that is the first step but within plastic surgery there's different specialties and uh there's breast, there's burns, there's hands, there's craniofacial, there's cleft lip. Um, I think that's, that's about it, isn't it? Lower limbs, not really a specialty, but some people do lower limb. So um, I think that's the main ones. But within those specialties, they m- most, I would say, plastic surgeons will do, if they're doing private practice, will, will do the breadth of cosmetic plastic surgery. So they'll do facelifts, they'll do blepharoplasties, they'll do Botox, they'll do breast implants, they'll do tummy tucks, you know, they'll do they'll do the breadth of it. And I think that's okay. For most plastic surgeons who've been trained in plastic surgeries, I think it's okay to do to do that. There are certain things that I think it is good to go with someone who specializes. And uh, rhinoplasty is one. Um, that is something that you don't really want someone who dabbles in it. Um, and something like a chin augmentation, I would say, is another one. Um, you really want someone who is a facial plastic surgeon who is, um, you know, um, and that can be different. Spe- there's different specialties. So EN, a lot of ENT surgeons will do that sort of thing. Maxillofacial surgeons will do that sort of thing. Um, so um, it is something that is specialized. And you can either put an implant into the chin or you can um, slide a little bit of the bone of the chin forward to make it... Um, to make it more prominent so you know i think it is um it is a it is a thing obviously a chin augmentation but i would be looking for someone who specializes in the face to do that and that ain't this guy here so i specialize in breast and body so i don't do faces i don't even do facelifts and blepharoplasties and uh, botox so um goodness knows i don't do chin augmentation so yeah but uh Long answer to a short question. Claire Suzanne is in the house. And Claire Suzanne, I've recently had a DVT. Is surgery now off the cards? No, it is not off the cards. So it does put you at a higher risk, the fact you've had one DVT, and you will want to finish your course of treatment. So the course of treatment is uh, depends uh, on how on your risk. But uh, and you, I don't know whether you're on ongoing treatment or not. But the bottom line is, uh, Claire, it, was, it would depend on two things. The first thing is uh, liaison with your hematologist or the person who's looking after your DVT. So I would say to them, uh, I'm thinking of having surgery. What do you think? They might say, forget it. They might, they'll probably say, wait for a certain period of time. So there'll be a certain period of time that you'll be better off to wait. 
And then the second thing is what sort of surgery you're thinking of having. So some surgery has got increased risk of DVT than others. The classic really is your, um, is your, is your tummy tuck, Claire. Your tummy tuck is the one which has got a higher risk of DVT. So I'd be a bit more uh, concerned about doing tummy tuck on someone who's had a recent DVT than uh, perhaps breast implants or something like that. But still, the risk's there with any surgery, but it's increased in certain surgeries, classic being tummy tuck. So, um, yeah, type of surgery. And, uh, you know, sometimes you do see people who've had DVTs in the past and you can still do surgery on them. As I say, they will be at a higher risk and you are going to be a bit aware of it. But there are things we do to reduce the risk of DVTs in anyone. So, um, so yeah, we probably do those things on, on you as well. Um, so, yeah. So... Okay, don't worry, don't worry. I'm trying to get a better angle on the on the. Um, thanks. I wanted a tummy tuck. Ah, right. Okay. Well, the tummy tuck is 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 got a high risk of DVT. Claire, again, I wouldn't say it's a no, but it's coming more towards a no than it was a minute ago when I didn't know you wanted a tummy tuck. Um, the other thing, Claire, I think about yourself. Do you want you know DVT is a really serious or potentially serious thing because it can form a P PE. Um, so that is something to think about. Do you want to go through those risks? Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I would be a bit. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be wary, Claire. I would be wary personally. Uh, on the theme of tummy tucks, when can I go on holiday? Oh, I've covered the thing. I guess what's going on? Oh, jeez. Sorry, it's all a bit amateur. It's all a bit amateur here. You don't want to see the setup here because it is a bit amateur. But anyway, um, when can I go on holiday in the UK after a tummy tuck? I like the fact I put in the UK after there as if like, you know, not going abroad. Um, well, I normally say about six weeks. Six weeks is normal. Um, I always say to people, you know, it depends on where, you know, people say, when can I fly or when can I go go away? Um, the first question is, what's the reason for going away? So if you have to go away, you can go away. You're not going to get stopped at the airport if you recently had surgery. They're going to, you know, you're still going to be able to get on the plane and go. But you're going to increase your risks to start off with. And also you're um, going to have perhaps less of a, uh, a good time on holiday. So... The first thing is the um, risks. So you've got DVT risks, as I just said. It's increased with the tummy tuck. It's present with any sort of surgery, but it's increased with the tummy tuck. So um, they're, they're, uh, and it's increased when you go on, oh, go on a, or you're going in the UK. Well, it's increased when you go on a flight. But it's also with a long car journey, it's the same because your legs sort of bent, you know, legs sort of, you know what your legs are like when you're sitting down. Um, so you just got to keep your legs moving, etc. So um, that's the first thing. The other thing is you've got to think about getting your wounds all healed. You want all your wounds to be healed because if your wounds aren't healed and you have a bit of a problem with wound healing or a bit of infection or localised inflammation, it can be difficult if you're far away from your surgeon. So I would say um, you want to get all your wounds healed. So that's going to be two or three weeks to get your wounds healed. And then um, in terms of um, the actual enjoying your holiday, then you're looking at, um, I'd say about six weeks. You're starting to feel a bit normal, um, about six weeks. 
um, because if you have it too soon, it's going to be uncomfortable to carry the bags. You're going to feel um, swollen. It's not going to feel great. The scar's going to be a bit uh, red and inflamed. So I think six weeks is things maybe sort of starting to feel a bit more normal. You still feel swollen and tender, to be honest with you, but um, but you're going to feel better. Uh, uh, you're going to start to feel better about six weeks. So I would say six weeks is minimum for a holiday. Uh, to be honest with you, whether it's UK or, or abroad, uh, maybe you know UK would be a bit sooner than abroad, but six weeks is where I'm going on that one. Mad Laminid, good evening. How are you? Nice to see you and hope you're well. Nice to see you all the other days. So nice to see you again. Um, Donna Harleen Quinzel, uh, happy anniversary. Hope Oh, is that you, Donna? <laughs> What's with the... I have to see you again soon. Is that you? Is that your... Have you changed your name? Um, if that is you, Donna, thank you. And thank you for your advice yesterday as well. I took your advice and I implemented that advice. And so, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm all set. And uh, yeah, big, big, a big night tonight. I think we're going to um, uh, watch a DVD and have a takeout. I think it's on the cards. I did offer to go out for dinner, so we might still go out for dinner. But anyway, that, that's one of the two. Anyway, I, I'm happy with either, to be quite honest with you. Um, right. What would your advice on local sedation, local and sedation for a tummy tuck? I am having skin removal and a little lip lipo, I think that is. No MR as I'm really petite. MR for those viewers who um, are not familiar with the abbreviations is muscle repair. Um, yeah, I mean we are moving towards that sort of stuff. There's no question about that. We are we are moving towards doing tummy tucks under local anaesthetic sedation, and it can be certainly done. I did one many many years ago. Probably I don't know how many years ago, but quite a few years ago. So, um, and I think in America, they're more advanced on this sort of low anesthetic and sedation twilight type thing than, uh, than we are, what they would call office procedures. So I think they've been doing it for longer than, than we are. And there's certainly places around here that have done a lot of tummy tucks uh, under low anesthetic and sedation. So my advice would be if you find someone who's comfortable doing it, and if you want it that way, then it is a way of doing it it is sort of becoming an established way of doing a tummy tuck with local insulation i've got to be honest my personal view on it is that i'm a bit worried about it personally and if i could choose i would not probably i would choose a, a ga um, but as i say i have done it before and it really was in a patient who was adamant they didn't want a ga and so if you're adamant for whatever reason you don't want a GA, GA being general anesthetic, that is getting put to sleep. If you're adamant you don't, you don't want to be put to sleep, then yes, for sure, um, it is uh, a definitely a, an option to have it under local anesthetic consideration. Um, what I normally say to people is that uh, with any local insulation case, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel um, uh, like it's not going well, you can always convert to a GA. But if you really have got your heart set on it, and particularly if you're not having muscle repair, uh, but you are having lipo, so, you know, but but nevertheless, I think the one that I did, well, I did muscle repair and lipo, so, you know, it's possible to do um, to do it under local insulation. It's quite amazing what you can do under local insulation, actually. 
Um, so yes, that's my view on it. My view on it is that it is definitely possible. And if you are keen on uh, on a tummy tuck under local insulation, then it's, as I say, becoming more an, an established way of doing it. <clears throat> my my personal thing is I'm, st I'm probably still more going towards GAs myself, but um, but yeah, it is it is uh, it is becoming more acceptable. Do you do we? Do we remove lipomas on the abdominal wall? Um, yep, yep. So, I mean, plastic surgeons will remove lipomas uh, anywhere, to be honest. Uh, and you can get lipomas anywhere on the body, and we will remove them anywhere. Um, I'm trying to think of this somewhere, we wouldn't remove them. Yeah, we remove them anywhere. Um, the only thing about a lipoma, and the only thing that worries me about this abdominal wall question, is um is the depth of the lipoma and that's the problem with lipomas so sometimes you can't tell how deep it is you feel a bump but you don't know how deep it is um if you can feel that it is superficial if you can feel that it's quite close to the skin and you can move it about then you can be fairly reassured that it's that it's not going to be that deep if it is not that obvious and if it's deeper first of all you're less likely to be bothered by it because if it's deeper, you're less likely to be able to feel it. So that's the first thing to think about. You know, you might not, you know, the deeper ones you often can't feel, you don't even know they're there. Um, if it is, uh, if there is a worry that it is deeper, it can be more uncomfortable to remove because we have to go through more layers to remove it. So if there is a concern that it might be deeper, I would probably organize a scan to check the, um, the depth of it. I wouldn't routinely do scans. I don't routinely do scans to see where lipomas are. Um, if you clinically got something that is a lipoma that is there, it's obvious a, obviously a, a lipoma, then I would um, go ahead and remove it if you felt it was quite close to the skin. But if it is um, a suggestion that it's a bit deeper, then you could have a scan to see exactly where it was in your abdominal wall. Um, and as I say, there's no question we could remove it. The only question is, if it was deeper down, you, we might think about doing uh, a general anaesthetic for that, as opposed to a local anaesthetic. So that is the only um, difference that uh, you might want to do a scan to see whether you would perhaps be more comfortable with a general anaesthetic if it was sort of deep to the muscles. Um, but as I say, often the ones that are deep to the muscles you don't even know are there because they're um, less likely to be symptomatic the deeper they are. I've got to be honest with you, um, full disclosure, 5.30 doesn't seem to be a great time for doing this, does it? I think I think we can all agree on that. Is, there, is it, um, maybe I should stick with the 7 o'clock. Anyway, I, the reason I say that is because I'm on my last question already, and it's 5.50. But that's okay. I mean, who's I, I'm not counting. Are you counting? I'm not counting. Um, but, you know, if you have got any questions... Oh, God, I'm tired. Why? I'm yawning. I'm tired. I know. That's bad, isn't it? Anyway, I'm going to have a cold shower and have a word of myself. Um, so this is it. Last question, but come on. Let's have a big push before the end. I want breast augmentation, but scared to have general anesthetic. Right. Well, what can I say? Um, if... 
Uh, well, first question, why? Well, have it under local insulation then. Have it under twilight. So you don't. So the first thing is why are you scared for a general anaesthetic? I say that a lot of people. Most people are scared of a general anaesthetic. I think. I think I'd be scared of any general anaesthetic. If you can have if you can have surgery, I think everyone's worried about the anaesthetic. I think that's normal. I think I think we can all agree on that. Um, but uh, so if you are worried, then you can have it under local anaesthetic and sedation, which makes people feel a lot better. I've got to be honest with you, the sedation that we use, you are quite sedated. So it is up there with this general anaesthetic in terms of the level of sedation. Some people, I think, have this, this image that they're awake with a local insulation. You're not really awake. You're not really talking to us. You are a bit like, you're right, sort of thing. It's a bit like that. You're not sort of like, yeah, I'm fine. How's it going? You know, you're not chatting. So you are fairly sedated. But if you psychologically that makes you feel better, and certainly the um, uh, recovery is often better with a local insulation, then um, then local insulation, I guess, would be the answer to that. I always say to people, if it feels uncomfortable, if you're not enjoying it, then we can do it. We can convert to a general. You very rarely need to do that. And um, certainly for breast augmentation, perhaps a little bit more uncomfortable when it's underneath the muscle, but certainly on top of the muscle, it's perfectly reasonable to do it under a local anaesthetic with sedation. So if you are concerned, then that would be an option. And the other thing is to talk to you about why you're concerned. We can always get the anaesthetist to talk to you. Um, and because sometimes the local insulation can be a bit daunting. So we don't want to stress you out. It should be a good thing. So you don't want to get stressed about going to have surgery. So um, if you, um, you know, they might be able to say you might be better off with the general. It might be less stressful having a general, but certainly if you are stressed about a general, then local insulation is an option. Um, but I'm going to check out of this place. Take it easy. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.